Welcome to another bonus episode of the Fearless Launching Show. These are kind of like the bridge to season two, so hopefully you're enjoying these so far. Today we're going to be talking about boundaries and setting boundaries as a business owner. We are really discussing something that I've been asking myself lately, which is how close is too close? So when you're setting boundaries as a business owner, this means how you say no, how you close programs, how you um, respond to brain picking conversations, whatever it might be. Boundaries give you structure and it gives your people structure. When I say your people, I mean your audience, people who are on your mailing list, people who are your clients, your customers. It gives everyone much needed structure, space, and expectations. So when you set the expectations, you're going to avoid feeling trapped, feeling tired, drained, resentful, strung out, worried, confused. Um, It's just like a relationship. And when you're building a relationship, I think with anyone, especially one that is a professional relationship, it's really important because the lines get very blurred very quickly. And like I mentioned, if you're not following me over on Instagram, you should follow me over there because sometimes I give you a little, I give you a little leak on what's going to be talked about on the podcast. And recently I talked about this, but I have prided myself pretty much always as being someone who likes to be close to the people I work with in my programs, on my team, uh, with my clients. And I've been told time and again, not to be friends with so many people and because that's bad business. And I, and I was like, you know, that may be true. That may be true. And I will say I'm definitely not close confidants with most people, but I always meet people every single round of every program who become I become close with. And I'm a fairly open person. So on the office hours calls, I'm talking about what's going on in my world. I have no problem doing that. However, um, What that does is create an environment that is a little bit confusing because no one's really sure if you think about it. Like I know I would be kind of like, huh. I mean, but I guess I'm different because I understand that there is a very, if it's a personal brand and a personal brand-based business, you are you in your business. So for me, it's okay to talk about my daughter and it's okay to say, you know, I'm moving and it's okay to say I'm stressed out or whatever, whatever the case is, or talk about my daughter's teachers or schoolwork or whatever. But even I have my boundaries and up until recently, they weren't really clear, I don't think. And now I'm moving forward with that clarity, but I can imagine, and I'm saying this because I love my students, I love my clients, I care about them deeply. And at the same time, not all of them are my friends. And that can be confusing. um, Because when I create this space that's very intimate, and it's very sharing, people feel safe. There is that expectation that you have a deeper relationship than you do. And when you as a business owner pull back, that can be, I can imagine, pretty jarring. Okay. And I've joined communities that were very low touch and it was like very weird to me until I realized why it was so important that they were set up that way. 
I couldn't even imagine the person who was running the community and receiving all of the messages from all of the people, like even one message a week from all the people in the program would be a just a an emotionally draining, daunting task to just get through. So um, anyway, so what I want to say is I always meet people in my programs who I love on a personal level too and often become friends. Some of my closest friends were customers and clients first um, and that's just the way it is. And I think it, it's very natural. You're in a, you're selling products, you get to know people who are also business owners, and there are just some people that you connect with. That's what happens. Okay. But, but as I mentioned in a previous bonus, that's something that really weighed me down as I, as things got harder and harder to manage in my personal life. And if you haven't listened to the personal crisis and transformation and running your business all at the same time episode, the bonus episode, you should go listen to that now. This is why that stuff started to come up for me because I was realizing that I was giving as much attention and care to those people that I should have been giving to myself, to my daughter, to my world, my personal world. Um, so I find that once I open the door and I don't know what it is, I don't know if it's the empath in me, but once I open that door, or I unzip, that sounds bad, but like, like the energetic zip down from, even if I just zip down from my lip down to my neck, like I'm unzipping a heavy winter jacket, everyone and their brother is literally reaching out to me for support. My close friends, which that's fine, um, and people I haven't heard from in years. So I don't know if there's an energy thing going on there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someone can tell me that. Um, Terry Cole was the person who told me to stay zipped up. And I have for the most part. But sometimes I zip down to my, you know, let some, because I don't need it. I don't need my, my parka covering my mouth, right? <laughs> okay. Enough of that analogy. But anyways, I've maintained throughout the whole thing that people want this high touch. And, and I even think that I sometimes think I need the high touch. And I also ask the question to myself, can I be close without making the client dependent on me? Can I maintain, can we maintain, you know, can they maintain their respect of my space? And can they still feel like I'm giving them value? Oh, yeah. One more thing regarding the value piece. Forgot to mention that. The value piece is why I suspect I started to get really connected and giving, giving, giving to my people. I never, I, I often, like I used to not ever think I was giving enough. So I gave myself blood, sweat, and tears to the, yes, I got to give everything. So if it's, you know, if I had any kind of lack of confidence in what I was creating, let's say in a program, I would give more of myself. Okay, I'll take the, I'll take the weight but that's not good, <laughs> you know? And this year I've really come to terms with that, that it really breeds this environment of codependence. And yes, you can be codependent with your customers and they can be codependent on you, okay? It's, it's, it's insane. But if you start to think about it, um, also, if you, if you want to look into codependency yourself, there's lots of books and different things. I would find out if you have any in your personal life codependent relationships, which I did, and find out about those because those will give you a clue that perhaps that's how you're going to 
not always have relationships, not have like student relationships that are like that, but a relationship is a relationship. I don't care if it's a work one, professional, you're a teacher, whatever the case is, relation, we, we get used to having certain types of relationships. So I think codependency is one of those things that we really need to watch out for. And especially as we're growing our business and we want to make sure we're really bonded with those people. Listen, I am not that not whatever one of those characters on avatar who needs to like bond with every person like there was that scene you know where the guy has to like put his braid up to the (laughs) I don't know to that creature and then fly because they're connected we do not have to be that connected okay So in 2018, last fall, I read the book, The Coaching Habit. This is something that Caitlin Batcher, I was in her coaching uh, program last year, and she, uh, you know, that was an amazing book um, because it actually gives you a framework, and I'm going to put a link to it because I just think it's such a good book. Um, It gives you a framework for how to support your coaching clients, really. And there's like a series of questions, but it's a different way of approaching helping someone okay it's almost like getting them to help themselves uh another and there's another book laura roeder gave me back many years ago that helped me a lot i feel like i can't remember what that one was called but i'm gonna see if i can find it and i will also put that in the show notes anyways i'm sharing this because the more that we can understand how we want to show up what's over the line for us what drains us what's good for the business and what's not, what's good, what's a good use of our time and not, how to know when it's too much or people have gone over the line or you let let things slip, slip. The more we ask the right questions, the more we can start planting those boundary and expectation seeds early. Because it's not about, um, you can do this, but not this. It's just about you know, isn't there that that saying, we we teach people how to treat us. And I think you need to do that early. So in terms of launching, and also what we promise on our webinars during the launch itself on the sales page, it is vital we set these clear expectations right away. You know, um, there is a reason why on some and I remember this on Caitlin's sales page for Scale, Scale with Success. She said, do I get personal coaching sessions or something like that with Caitlin? And she's like, no, this is a coaching program. You're, you're not going to get hand-holding. Not, and I can appreciate that because I think that that kind of thing is important to share with people because you join a coaching group. You join, And by the way, I just want to tell you that I didn't read that until after I was in the program. So once I read that, I was like, oh, so that's why I'm not getting personal attention. Other, I mean, that's a whole other thing, which if you listen to one of the other bonus episodes, it's all about um, unexpected lessons and side effects of investing in yourself. And I talk a little bit about some of the lessons I learned in that coaching program as one of the things that I learned. But I was in other groups as well that I had lessons from that I wanted to share. So make sure to go look for that bonus episode as well. But um, anyway, so setting that expectation is important to do right away. And there are some really easy ways to do it. We talk about that more inside the message lab because it's part of communication. It's part of a really important piece that we need to um, we need to set. We need to get going and not set in stone, but as much as we can. 
So the less I want to just this is also something else um, because it's my this is no longer because I actually don't even care right now about this but I used to really care about people liking me. Uh, it would make me sick if I found that someone didn't like how I speak or look or talked or anything or speak and talk are the same thing, obviously. And so I would constantly be like, that person doesn't like me. What can I do to make them like me? And now I'm like, you know what? I don't have the energy for this. If you don't like me, please leave. Um, and I say that lovingly, but at the same time, I'm like, I really don't even have time to like wish you well. If you don't like how I talk, if you don't like how someone speaks, and we all have those voices and those those people that we just, you know, it's not like we don't, we don't know them personally, so we don't dislike them. But there are just people who are like, yeah, I'm good. And you walk the other way. You don't have to wish them ill health or anything. You just go. Anyways, the less we depend on making people like us and encouraging them to work with us just because we're, you know, we're so cool. You know, the more we can, the less we depend on that like factor, the more respect we can actually give ourselves. Now, you might not know you're trying to be cool or personal, encourage people to like us. Um, for us and buy for us for that reason. But if you do, you know, if, if that's all you're doing is like, oh, I'm going to be super cool. I'm going to be using all the, you know, I don't know, like there, there's definitely like a, there's definitely a lot of people who are using the, I'm cool. And maybe, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm not being fair, but needless to say, if you are just using that to encourage us to work with you, I believe it's just a form of manipulation. It's not, we're not going to be impacted by you just because we buy from you because we like you. And I'm not going to say anything bad because I'm thinking about someone who I think is just cool and I've bought things that she's suggested. So I guess she's an influencer, but I don't think she's a bad person. She's not manipulating me, but I don't think those people, unless they're doing other things, and I actually think, nope, she is doing other things. She does have like a way that she talks about certain topics that are important, that that's why I also like listening to her because she's giving me a new perspective on other things. So it's not just about her. Oh, I like the, the brand of concealer she suggested, which I do, by the way, NARS concealer right there. Um, well, there is always going to be that element of, you know, I like this person. I know who they are. I trust them. When it comes to the sales, you know, the no like, and trust factor, there's always a question. There's some more questions that I feel like are more important that I also want people to be, and, and by the way, we're going to get back to boundaries, I swear. Um, there's also a question of need ability to solve a problem for someone, inspiring people to make changes in their lives, changing someone's perspective that I also think is important. Um, so regardless, I think that many people have this kind of boundary issue because they're possibly just using the, oh, they need me, they really like me, and then they don't set a boundary with it. 
maybe I'm just this this section might be the section where you're like what but I'm so sorry <laughs> either way I encourage you to really dig into this and make sure you know what your business boundaries are even when you're sharing personal things even when you're trying to get people to like you and to show up in a certain way and to build how your brand looks and the the vibe that you're kind of trying to express because those things also you know if you're not setting your boundaries there, people have an expectation that you're not going to set your boundaries in other places. So starting with that end in mind really helps to avoid any confusion in the future. So for instance, um, maybe you are just someone who is an influencer and promoting other people's products. That's fine. That's fine. And so people are buying into a lifestyle. They're buying into what they see and they think is cool and that you are cool. Still, people don't, you can set that at how that they're going to reach out to you. You can make that decision, right? And these questions still apply to you that I'm going to share with you. So I think that Taking a few moments, and these are things going to help you communicate your boundaries. Communicate your boundaries. And even if your brand is to be close, is to is to kind of express a someone who's your who looks like your neighbor and who looks like someone who's very friendly and you are friendly. Maybe that friendly kind of thing is your brand you're still going to want to think about the boundaries and expectations. Okay, enough about that. I'm like trying to like work it all in and I'm like, wait a second, is that working? Okay, so here's some questions. So first, what is it about you that you want to share with people and are willing to disclose? Um, What are you not willing to share and why? What topics are the ones you feel comfortable talking about and which make you feel a little unprepared no matter what they are asked, when they are asked? You could also say, you know, what feels relevant, what feels irrelevant, but might be interesting to some people um, or just what feels completely not necessary. We're going to talk about those in more depth inside the message lab because I think that there has to be a little bit of the unnecessary to make people go, who is that? What are they doing? You know, there is a little bit of that element. Um, Next, you want to think about how you want, how you want and like to work with people. Do you like an in-person environment or maybe like a live stream? So live-ish type of thing? Or do you prefer to create an something in advance and then share it like a video or a podcast or whatever or a whole course is done and you're not live anytime do you like to prepare or be put on the spot what is off limits to you and what just feels completely uncomfortable so I want to share you share with you like an example of this is the last time last two times we did the message lab I had um we did one Facebook Live a week, and I think we did one Zoom call a week. But this time around, we're doing primarily Facebook Live calls. Um, and the reason is <laughs> the Zoom calls last forever. Okay. And it's because, I mean, I definitely want to give everyone that voice and we will be having some Zoom calls in there. But also I know that if I'm going to be doing a teaching session, 
it's going to be easier to monitor and manage responses and distractions for me if I'm doing it in a place where I'm not seeing other people's faces. And normally I would like, and, and we will have some discussion in the Zoom um, Zoom space and probably have some accountability meetings and co-working, which is what we've done traditionally throughout both, both sessions. But because I'm going to be teaching the first new round, I'm going to be teaching it live, um, I just decided that I'm going to do it there. I also did this inside the main Fearless Launching Group where once a month we have a coaching call. I was initially going to keep it Zoom, but because those Zoom calls, you know, I want to hear from everybody. I don't want anybody to feel ignored. This is my problem, not anybody else's. So because of that, you know, I go around Robin to anybody on the call and oh my goodness, that is just insane, right? Plus, again, there is a little bit of a boundary if you're just doing the the Facebook live coaching call in a group, right? And also, I'm requiring people to send me their questions in advance or topics they want to hear about in advance. Now, sure, I'm a little bit less strict on that, but if I don't receive questions, I am literally going to show up for a short call. Um, and But the goal is to encourage fearless launchers to, you know, submit their questions so that they can be answered and to have a little bit of that personal responsibility instead of just showing up at the last second, asking like a five part question that I can't even think straight about. So those are just some examples of that. Okay. And again, this is actually so funny because the number three thing is like, what, where are your, are you going to have office hours for your program? Are you going to have coaching sessions for your program? Are you going to meet in a group? Are you going to be inside a Facebook group? Or are you going to be in Zoom? Will you be, when will you be answering questions? That's another good one. Uh, someone who's really great at setting boundaries is Erica Learmark. If you don't know who she is, look her up, Erica Learmark. I don't know what her URL is these days, but look up dailywhip.com, dailywhip, Erica. Um, she's amazing. And she is amazing at setting, setting boundaries. One of the things that she used to do was say, hey, I'm going to be here today between this hour and this hour answering questions. She wasn't even on video because I think it was before Facebook Live. Um, and she would just take questions during that time in the thread that she opened. Um, another thing that she did was she had everybody do this, but she did it as well. Like, like what's the, here, here are the best ways to get help from me here. Like here are the topics I like, here's the best way to get feedback from me. I love that. And those are things you can think about too. Um, so you want to just keep kind of keep a running list of some of these things. You can put them in different categories and just to just to kind of set, figure out what your boundaries are to begin with and what people should expect from you. Then <laughs> once you start having some of these boundaries and you can put these in so many different places, by the way, you can put them in your Facebook group, like the, the ground rules. You can put them in your um, on your sales page on, in different parts. They don't, they don't all have to be listed. Here's the rules. If you want to work with me, um, you don't have to be so intense about it, but maybe you want to be. Um, but I, I think it's important to just make it clear in as many different places, what the rules are. Um, the trick is don't veer from this at all, really, because letting people slip into your, um, 
DMs and other places might be okay on Instagram, but maybe it's not on Facebook or your texts. You let people know this in advance where they need to message you, where they need to communicate with you. This is a big one because I have people messaging me all over the place who are customers. And actually, I'm going to say this and I love, this is, I say this with love, but could you please just email support at ansamoylove.com. Stop messaging me in my Facebook Messenger where my mom also messages me. Once I actually messaged her back thinking it was a client and I'm like, oh my God, this is why. So I really try to, I, Instagram is different just because people are usually responding to something. And I love that. I love Instagram for that. But Facebook is just a little bit too much for some reason. <laughs> um, and texting, uh, hell no. Okay. So believe it or not, this, everything I'm talking about here is such an important piece of the launch puzzle and really establishing how to communicate the right way. When you share your offer with the people who show up on your webinars, who sign up to attend and participate in your challenges, who sign up for your, you know, your freebie or join your wait list for the program. This is the stuff you'll need to start sharing with them right away. We talk about this and help you establish all of this inside the message lab. So this is just one of those pieces people I think forget is this boundary and expectation messaging. Um, but that is one of the things we do talk about in there because I think that if you set yourself up for clear boundaries, clear expectations, and you will just be happier. And your business will be able to grow because you'll have the space to make decisions and focus on the right things. Focusing on, imagine if you were spending your whole day responding to customer questions from various sources, you're not going to be able to you're going to, you're going to miss opportunities. You're not going to be able to plan your launch properly. You're not even going to be able to pull off your launch because you won't even get out of your inbox. So I want to encourage you to get on the wait list for the message lab. We are going to be starting the, this, as of this recording, we're going to be doing a live round of the program. I'm not sure when it's going to be live again. People will, if people join after this, um, I'm not even sure when that next thing would be, but when people join again, it will not be live. So there is magic in the live aspect of it because you do get a little bit more attention and you do get that interaction, that energy that comes with being part of a program with other people and also the instructor and the teacher. So I hope you get on that wait list. Um, you can go to ansamoylove.com forward slash message lab wait. That's all one word, all lowercase. Um, but I'm going to put everything in the show notes as well for you. Okay. So next week, next week, the last bonus, the last bonus that should be coming, it actually might be already published depending on when you're listening to this, is actually all about the podcast. So it's kind of officially our first episode of season two, but it's all about how I'm changing the podcast and what to know if you're thinking of starting one. And we talk about workflow, we talk about naming and graphics and content and all the things. It's a really great episode. I can't wait for you to listen to that. In the meantime, I have so enjoyed sharing this with you and I hope that you've resonated with it a little bit as well. If you have any questions whatsoever, just make sure to either A, you've got you've got a few choices. Go over to Instagram, to the Fearless Launching Show 
Instagram feed and leave a message under whatever the post for this this episode. You can also just reach out to support at ansamoylove.com and we'll get back to you. Um, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. I am pumped for the next, for the new season of the Fearless Launching Show. And I just can't wait to share all the new guests with you and all the new content. And I am thrilled. Okay. Have a great rest of your day and I'm going to talk to you soon.